Good morning. Well, good morning. Welcome to Lighthouse Bible Church. And uh, Pastor Farley is with his son Jack up at West Point Military Academy. As you guys probably know, Jack was accepted into the academy, and he's, I guess he's graduating from his basic training this weekend, yesterday or today, I think. So he'll be a permanent uh, cadet there at West Point after today. Um, yeah. Go, Jack. Okay, let's open in prayer. Father, thank you for all the many blessings you have provided for us, most importantly for sending your only Son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to pay for the sins of all mankind and provide the gift of eternal life to those who simply believe and trust in Jesus. We pray for safe travels for Pastor John and his family, for the health, safety, and needs of everyone here and our families as well as the persecuted Christians all over the world and for their deliverance from suffering, and for the United States of America to be convicted of our need for God. Please bless all of us and prepare our minds and hearts today as we seek to learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please stand and worship with us. That was great. Praise the worship. Well, welcome again. Uh, there's a guest tablet in the lobby. You guys probably already know all this, uh, that you could sign in as well as a prayer box and prayer request forms that you could fill out if you would like us to pray for you at our 7 p.m. Thursday night Bible study and prayer group. And please, please raise your hand if you don't have a Bible and would like one. So as you know, each month we feature here at Lighthouse Bible Church a different missionary organization, which we pray for and send support from Lighthouse Bible Church. We encourage you to do so, do this also in any way you feel that you're able. This is this month. It's uh, Pastor Kingsley Emaniki. Uh, Pastor Kingsley was originally from Nigeria and uh, recently relocated. Uh, with his family to uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, And um, he's a missionary to Africa and has done lots of missionary work for years in several African countries, a lot in Nigeria, some other countries as well. Um, He's currently planning a mission trip to South Africa next month on September 18th through the 30th. Many of you might remember that uh, he visited us, visited us back in May of this year. But he doesn't have a website or anything, so if you want to donate, you just have to make out the check directly to him and put it in the box in the back or make it to LBC and, uh, with his name in the memo, and we'll make sure he gets it. So keep him in your prayers, Pastor Kingsley Emaniki. Okay, well... For today, you're going to be excited about this. Is it really better to give than receive? We probably have all heard that. Um, Jesus quoted in Acts 20 and verse 35 saying, It is more blessed to give than receive. 
When I first heard this in Sunday school right around Christmas time, I couldn't believe it. Maybe I was <laughs> maybe I was nine or ten years old, and I thought, wow, I love getting gifts like a new bike. And I can't imagine giving some something to someone and enjoying it as much as getting a new bike. So uh, probably at that time I hadn't really given much to anybody to even understand the blessings that can come with uh, obedience to God's word. So um, I think when I was a kid I was pretty much narcissistic, I guess. <laughs> anyway, maybe I still am, I don't know. What? <laughs> so what does giving mean and why should a Christian give? Well, there's many forms of giving, from helping a relative or friend in need, to giving to the poor, giving to charities that help the poor, and giving for support of the church and you attend, and giving to missionaries to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So God commands Christians to give in a number of ways, and we'll start out in uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Verse 10 through, well, yeah, 10 through 13. After that, we'll go to Proverbs. So you can see the verses up on the slide where we're going to go. Anyway, Romans 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and practicing hospitality. We're going to go uh, to Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Beginning in verse 9, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. And verse 27 in the same chapter, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. So honoring, from, honoring the Lord from your first fruits entails having a plan and budget for giving to the ministry or other needs as laid out in Scripture. This means that we don't just give what's left over after everything else is satisfied, but in dedicating some part of your income for God. Um, Go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7. You know, we're going to be skipping all over the Bible today, so keep your fingers nimble. Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers, in any of your towns in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart, nor close your hand from your poor brother. But you shall freely open your hand to him, and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need and whatever he lacks. And back to the New Testament again, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially 
to those who are of the household of the faith. And Hebrews chapter 13, 16. And do not neglect doing good and sharing with such sacrifices God has pleased. So God has given some believers the spiritual gift of giving. In Romans 12, Paul speaks of the various spiritual gifts. So Romans 12, verse 6 says, and we were just there in verse 10, but anyway, in verse 6 it says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, oops. So giving is a spiritual gift for some, but God commands everyone to give, whether they have the gift or not. Just as we may not have the gift of evangelism, um, but we can still witness, be a witness for Christ to the people around us. We can still show mercy with cheerfulness, and we can still give when we see a need that we can provide for and for the support of our church. So our next point is, giving is honoring to the Lord. We were made for this. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. And back in the New Testament, in Ephesians 2.10, and I'm just going to read this one verse there. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So this is telling this. We are made for good works. Giving expresses thanksgiving to our Lord for the blessings we have received. Because after all, everything we have comes from the Lord. So Colossians chapter 3.18. I'm sorry. Colossians chapter 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And a verse we all know very well. It's probably the best verse thing that ever has been given to anyone. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son in order that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The First Chronicles 29.13 First Chronicles 29.13 Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you, God, and from your hand we have given you. So 
So giving also provides a positive example to those who need God. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 through 15, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, beginning. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Okay, giving to the church and missionaries advances the promotion of the gospel and the word of God to those who want and need it. It is commanded by God for believers to provide support for pastor, teachers, and missionaries. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, we'll get a little example of this. So in 1 Timothy chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, the elders who rule well are, be, are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. So pastors are often called elders in the New Testament. For the scripture says, in verse 18, For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 7, 7 through 14, 1 Corinthians 9, 8, I am not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does not the law say these things? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. God is not concerned about oxen, is he? Or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written. Because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the crops. If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we weep material things from you? If others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, did we, not, we did not use this right, but we endure all things so that we will cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who perform sacred services eat of the food of the temple, and those who attend regularly to the altar have their share from the altar? So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. For Macedonia, 
Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's the end of that passage. Now we'll I'll read something from Romans 15, 26, and 27. Kind of the same deal. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things... They are indebted to minister to them also in material things. And this is all Paul talking to the apostles back in uh, you know the early church days, what they were to do. And Jesus even told the disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 9, when they were going off on their missionary journeys, Jesus told, uh, told them in, in Matthew 10, 9 and 10, Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey, or even two coats, or sandals, or a staff. For the worker is worthy of his wages. The worker is worthy of support. And this is repeated in Luke ten seven, which I'm not going to read because it's the same thing. But these verses make it very clear that the body of believers that forms the local church is commanded to provide support for the church and pastor. All churches have needs for support and should use the support wisely and frugally. There was actually a recent story in the news, you probably saw it, about a, a megachurch pastor, TV preacher, that had three private jets. Pretty sure that that's not using the gifts wisely or frugally. And I'm, not sure, I'm sure that's not the only story of uh, waste and fraud in the uh, ministry. So... Here's an interesting one here. To tithe or not to tithe? Tithing is a controversial subject in some churches, and this is what we believe. Tithing, for anybody who doesn't know, is the practice of the churches requesting that everyone give 10% of their income. Uh, and we're going to learn here what the tithe really is about. If we go to Numbers chapter 18, verse 21, and after that we're going to go to Nehemiah. Right now, in Numbers chapter eighteen twenty one, to the sons of Levi, behold, I have given all the tithe in Israel for an inheritance, in return for their service which they perform, the service of the tent of the meeting. So you shall present an offering to the Lord from your tithes, which you receive from the sons of Israel, and from it you shall give the Lord's offering to Aaron the priest. So that was for paying the, the Levitical priests uh, for the service at the tent of the meeting and for their, uh, for their support. And in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 37, we will also bring the first of our dough, our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the new wine and the oil to the priests at the chambers of the house of our God. And the tithe of our ground to the Levites, for the Levites are they who receive the tithes tithes in all the rural towns. And Nehemiah twelve forty four. On that day, men were also appointed over the chambers of the stores, the contributions for the first feuds and the tithes, to gather into them from the fields of the cities, the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and Levites who served. 
Now, what does the New Testament say about the tithes? Well, in Luke 11.42, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, and he said to them, But woe to you Pharisees, for you pay tithe of mint and rue and every kind of garden herb, and yet disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. And um, Matthew twenty three twenty three, as as well as Luke eleven forty two, uh, says the same thing. While Jesus mentioned the tithe, he was chastising the Pharisees for using using the tithes and other actions as justification for their unjust acts. Now, Hebrew seven also mentions tithes, but only in reference to Israel and the Levitical priests. So because there is no specific command to tithe in the New Testament, and because the church is not bound by the Mosaic Covenant, then we can be sure that tithing is not for us in the church age. So that doesn't mean that we can't give. We can certainly give 10% of our income if we are able to, and sometimes we may even be led to give more. Sometimes we can't even give even a smaller amount, and if we are truly unable to give, God certainly understands. Because sometimes ministries use the tithing system to get people to give more than they normally would, and sometimes that could put a burden on them. Sometimes people can only give a little, like the story of the widow's mite in Mark 12 and verse 42. So in Mark 12, 42, a poor widow came in and put two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. And calling his disciples to him, Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow, widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. So the widow gave from what little she had sacrificially and not with any other motive, and Jesus recognized her generosity and selflessness. So, it's only right what you can do, not what... Uh, We can't hold everybody to the same standard. And that's a fairly controversial subject. So if you don't agree with me, that's okay. Okay, the Bible encourages sharing with the body of Christ out of gratitude for the blessings they received through faith in Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, So do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5 through 9, Paul writes, So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, 
He scattered abroad, and he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So God wants us to have joy in giving and not consider it like paying bills, which is not usually described as joy. Be generous and rich in good works. Fix your hope on God, not on material wealth. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So we are also commanded to work hard and support our families. In 1 Timothy, Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, First Timothy 5, verse 8, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And Matthew chapter 15, verse 5, verse 5 and 6, Jesus told us, But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever I had that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother, and by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25, so as you can see all these verses, God has a lot of things to say about this, right? Proverbs 21, 25, the desire of the sluggard puts him to death, for his hands refuse to work. All day long he is craving, while the righteous gives and does not hold back. So what does this mean? A man has responsibility to work and earn money to support his household and assist family members, such as elderly, poor parents, legitimately needy sisters, brothers, etc. This is why God provided the institution of the family and told us to marry and have children. It's why he told us to honor your father and mother when, and men to work and provide for our families. The disturbing trend today is for people to have children while single and abandon their families to the government when God told us from the start the best way to provide support for those too young or too old or too infirm to provide for themselves. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 10 through 12. Yeah, Second Thessalonians three ten. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such persons we command and exhort, the Lord Jesus Christ, to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. So we all feel sorry for homeless people if they are truly destitute, but there are more and more people who choose that lifestyle because it's really stressful and difficult to work and provide shelter and food. It takes a lot of uh, energy. Despite all efforts to provide solutions 
that group is growing. So, anyway, we must use discernment when deciding to give. When people know that you are generous and willingly give, they will seek you out for a gift. Therefore, you need to be extra prudent and cautious about giving so that they do not take advantage of your generosity for wrong reasons. Then we have a warning, too, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. Literally, this this verse says, a man of gifts is a friend of everyone. And that's from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 4 and 6, where uh, the scripture says, Wealth adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend. Many will seek the favor of a generous man, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. So once again, we see the shallowness of some people who choose their friends based on what they can get from them. In this case, the gift giver is not the one in the wrong. He is doing as the Lord instructs, to be generous with the wealth that he has been blessed with. The issue here is friends who are latching on to him just because he gives gifts. So the warning to the gift giver to have your eyes wide open regarding those who call you their friend. You need to have discernment to seek out their heart, to determine whether they are legitimate friends and will stick closer than a brother, as Proverbs 18.24, or if they are the shallow ones who love you because of what they can get from you. And when the presents run out, they will run away too. So a note on giving to charities. Discernment is also required when giving to charities. We should be diligent that the organization we give to is using the gifts wisely and frugally. There are many dishonest charities as well as GoFundMe campaigns out there for all kinds of crazy things. Um, And they're just getting money for themselves. So if you don't have personal knowledge of the organization, a good way to do this is to use a a website called charitywatch.org or ECFA, which is Evangelistic Council for Financial Accountability um, for Christian Organizations. That's a pretty pretty good website. But we're also cautioned in 2 Thessalonians, but as for you, brethren... Do not go, grow weary of doing good. And, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to have discernment, but we also need to not go over the top with that. Don't grow weary of it, because sometimes you have a bad experience, but that doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. On the other hand, God warns against greed in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. And John tells us there in 1 John 3.17, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in needs and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. And back to Proverbs chapter 28 again. Proverbs 28.27 He who gives to the poor will never want, but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. And listening to what Jesus says about it, in Luke chapter 12, 15, he said to them, 
Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he read them a parable, parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have, <laughs> you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And another famous uh, quote from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it's just one verse, uh, For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So notice he says here that the love of money, not the money itself. So, in giving, as in many things, most things actually, motivation is important. Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 tells us how we are to look at the, uh, the giving responsibility. So Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward, reward you. And Colossians chapter three seventeen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So, after all, if we do have something to give, it came from God. And Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 and 26 tells us that the generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. He who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. So getting back to the beginning of this little lesson, Giving is a great blessing to the giver as well as to the receiver. And uh, Acts 20, verse 35, reading the whole verse. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. And in Luke 38, Luke chapter 6, verse 38,
6.38, Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So we know from this study that giving and being generous gives blessings to the giver as well as to the receiver, as well as bringing glory to God. This is not the prosperity gospel, as taught by some megachurches, which would seem to bring about a selfish motivation for giving to these churches. If I give ten bucks, I'll get a hundred bucks back. So it doesn't really work that way. In summary, um, just going over the points that we went over, um, it's God's will and command for believers to give to help people in need, and especially those in the church. And uh, there's other verses with this. I'm just giving you like one verse or one or two verses because we already went over the, the other ones. And you can get all the notes from this online or there's a few copies in the back. If anybody needs them, I'll get it to them. Anyway, that's Romans chapter 12, verses 10 to 13, among others. Giving is a spiritual gift to some believers, but all are commanded to support the church and help others as they're able through God's grace. That's Romans 12, 8. Giving is honoring to the Lord. We were made for this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. And giving expresses thanksgiving for God's blessings. Colossians 3 and verse 17. Giving provides a positive example to those who need God. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 to 15. It's God's will for believers to support their local church, pastor, teacher, and missionaries to the extent that they are able. This advances the gospel and the word of God. And there's some verses for, uh, for supporting the church. There's quite a few, actually. I don't think I really got to all of them. But uh, And tithing was a system of tax under the Mosaic Law for the primary pur- purpose of supporting the Levit- Levitical priests and is not mandatory in the church today. And the Bible does encourage sharing with the body of Christ out of gratitude for the blessings they receive through faith in Christ. God commands believers to work hard and provide for their families. And we're cautioned in the scripture to use discernment in our giving so that we only give to true need. And proper motivation is very important in giving. We should not give selfishly with the motivation of glory or rewards for ourselves. And lastly, giving is a blessing to the giver as well as the receiver. As Jesus told us in Acts 20.35. Okay, so uh, as we close our service today... If anyone has not yet believed in Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time to make that decision. We know that we can't earn or deserve our salvation, as it's told to us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. 
For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, and not from works, so that no one can boast. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe in God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I have written to you so that you believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, in order that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God has made salvation so simple that all you have to do is close your eyes and tell God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins, was resurrected by God, and I trust him as my Lord and Savior. So uh, Lighthouse Bible Church is a grace ministry and is supported by gifts from believers who desire to support the teaching of God's word. We don't ask for pledges of money, and we don't pass the plate. But our ministry does have needs, so keep that in your thoughts and prayers. If God puts it on your heart to help support this ministry, there's a box in the back, or you can simply mail a check or donate online. So let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to worship you and study your word today. And we ask that you bless us with your loving grace and answer our prayers as we leave today. Help us to keep the confidence and the blessings we have in Christ at the forefront of our mind when we are experiencing the struggles and disappointments that life can bring. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming, and have a great week.